Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by Meow Buddy Meow Pilots at Ryan Peacock NFL. What is going on, bro? Slow news week? Uh, well, a little bit, but I feel like you need to do that again because you, you haven't gone right to the top there. I feel like you gave me a bit of a lacklustre performance. Unless, of course, you got a sore throat and I'll forgive it. Well, I did get a lion costume. Bear with me, it doesn't get kinky. I got a lion costume, not for me okay. or the missus, got it for the sun. Um, and we've been doing roaring all day. So my, my voice is a little bit scratchy, but so apart you're, from that... you're a bit coarse. Okay, I'll let you off this week. So, okay, so then Packers. Did we go into... Yeah, so Packers. Do we I suppose we right talk in? about that at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we got uh, every prediction we made correct on the 53, did we? Yeah, especially after it came out and we rejigged everything. I think we were absolutely spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start dropping people to IOR and then we were wrong again. Um, yeah, yeah, we took a good stab. What I think what we can do is, and it's like we discussed in pre-production, is um, go through the positions and, and kind of make excuses as to why we were wrong. Meaning that we weren't all wrong. We were kind of right. Yeah, it's like when you mess up in work and you get yeah. sort of told off and you say, okay, I know I'm wrong and that all of that is Dave. bad. Yeah, it, apart from being Dave, you can sort of say, well, the reason I did it was this. And they go, yeah, it's still wrong. And you can go, okay, but at least it's justification. Um, <laughs> kind of like that Shaggy song. Um, although I think he admits like that it. that isn't it. It wasn't me. Anyway, um, so, right, will we do it then? Will we dive straight in? Because I, I feel like people use the first couple of minutes you know what I mean? Like, it's like what Billy Connolly says. You don't just arrive. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, don't listen to the start. They know it's going to be waffle. And next thing they wake up and realize, oh, Jesus, they're already five minutes into the podcast. Okay. Okay. Well, t- tell me this then. So you're walking into a bakery. Okay. Okay. And you've got all the choice of all the cakes and sweets and things that are there. Yeah. Tell me, what's your first pick? What are you going straight for? Well, if it's Tesco or something, right, I'm hitting the French fancies by Mr. Kipling. Now, there are other no, no, French no, fancies no, no, available. No, 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 no. You're talking about talking a bakery. Tesco. Support your local baker. This is a real bakery. Right. You know, but, with little old Doris in the bakery. In the boulangerie. Um, well, the f- I have a particular penchant, and again, this is the, the word of the week, penchant, uh, for mm-hmm. a cinnamon roll with icing, bro. Oh, I can't believe you've called that. Yeah. Sat next to me now, and you can probably see this on camera, is... Can you hear that on the microphone? <laughs> That's the sound of a cinnamon roll, I tell you what. It is a twisted cinnamon bun from Morrison's. Holy Lord Lama Jesus. And is that How crazy the, is that? That's the weapon of choice, is it? That, there's a reason why we found oh, each yeah. other, right? You like a bit of cinnamon. Yeah. What's your second choice? So, I mean, come on. It's that whole thing of you have to play devil's advocate. Like, oh, I don't agree with that. I agree with cookies or, you know, something. I mean, what do we got? What's the what's the second on the depth chart here? Cookies are good, but co- cookies got to be a soft cookie, right? You can't have these hard, crunchy cookies that you sometimes get. That's a biscuit. Yeah, it depends. So I hate you... it when you get a pack of cookies yeah. and they're rock hard because that's a biscuit, not a cookie. But you soggy that you up agree? by dunking it in the OT. Now, I do believe that the nicest cookies you can have in your life... And again, we're not being sponsored by these people. Maybe we should go out pre-prod and then have this sort of fake conversation. But here's the hot cookies from Domino's. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. all melted. Yep. We're agreeing yeah, on And the best thing much. about that is, right, what? you get four in a box, right? Yeah. However, you only ever eat one because they melt together, making it just one cookie. Does that happen I in England? That, what? That's how it works. Huh? That's how it works. No, I've bro. never had cookies from Domino's that haven't not melted together into one big cookie <laughs> I think you're getting ripped off man or I think that you're sitting down and the missus is horsing off to eat them and going look there's only one again you know what I mean I think no. that's what's happened well maybe maybe I hope not I'm sure everybody else had the same problem this can't just be an English thing whereas in Ireland for some reason you have the perfect temperature of cookie transportation do we have the absolute perfect uh, transportation cookie transportation because I look I uh, yeah I think it's specifically an English problem because on the Irish Domino's cookies maybe there's a different procedure because we're sort of you know crafty hewers is that they have like the, the outside like of the cookies hard is this a poll is this a Twitter poll yeah do we well more importantly do we have anybody that works at Domino's listening that can actually answer our questions and it would be even better if we can get somebody that works at Domino's in the UK and a, a somebody at Domino's in Ireland <laughs> We and somebody can try and confirm as to why. Oh, yeah. well, why not? Why not? Or and hear from our American listeners about the whole cookie situation. Oh, well, that's crazy over there, yeah. 
there, there'll be some crazy stuff going on over there. That's the Wild West. They probably don't even do cookies. Yeah. They probably do like cookie stuffed up bacon. I'll tell you one, one thing I have always wanted to ask American followers is uh, why can't they cook bacon? <laughs> Uh, the whole why uh, hold on there now are you saying what because they do that sort of streaky rasher that's like completely crisp yeah it's like rock hard and crispy I mean it's lovely don't get me wrong but it's not the best way to cook bacon and here's a news flash for you I don't like bacon and I've never met anybody else who doesn't like bacon everyone keeps going oh bacon oh great and all these jokes about like oh well it's not made of bacon and people are like oh we were doing so well we were doing so well on cinnamon buns and then you tell me you don't like bacon that's crazy I'm not arsed but anyway but anyway Hmm. We could get onto the Packers here, or we could discuss how many different recipes involve a potato. <laughs> hey, we all know. Look, I'd be here all day. Uh, hashtag racism. <laughs> hashtag. Um... Well, look, yeah, we need to get Andy Mead on a chef, and he can take us through a hundred different ways to cook a potato. Yeah, and then I'd give him the hundred and one and beat him. Um, but anyway. Away from the casual Irish discrimination. Um, we have no segues from bacon to Packers. We should really plan that stuff out. Um, should we talk about it? Should we talk? Let's talk quarterbacks because this kind of ties in with so we usually do like a, a dollop of news, a soupçon of news, and then get straight on to you know some of the, the stuff of the day. Soupçon is the second word of the podcast. Yeah, I was um, gonna say I haven't even heard that one before. Soupçon. Um so quarterbacks, Brett Hundley. Well, we got we we went on quick snaps and we talked about the Hundley situation. Um and Yeah. Stuff that was kind of edited out, I guess, for a reason on Quick Snaps was there was a tweet by Zach Cruz and I don't know, I think it was him, and there was a sort of a quotation that said that oh, Gudekunst gets the breast, the the breast, Jesus, um, I'm thinking of food again, chicken <laughs> breast, I promise. Um, the the thing that was said was is that he's the best at getting kind of you know treasure from a trash heap. Effectively, the fact that we mm-hmm. had this dilemma as such. Um, a quarterback, not saying that Brett Hundley is trash or anything of the sort, um, but that we keep had, digging. yeah, keep digging, right? But we had Hundley, uh, Kaiser, and Boyle, and people liked Boyle, and they didn't see a future in Hundley, and there was an awful lot of like really bad stuff written about Hundley, especially in the comment section because that's where you find all the wisdom, of course, um, trying to get rid of him, and we managed to ship him off, sort out the quarterback situation to a degree, and get a six round pick from Seattle. Now, Pete Carroll says that Hundley is a serviceable quarterback. But here's my question to you, I guess. Are you surprised, Ryan, that we've went three quarterbacks? Do you think we need to go three quarterbacks? And do you think that, because you've been sort of vocal on this before, that if Aaron goes down again, God forbid, touch wood and everything else, um, is that, you know, any of these quarterbacks are actually a viable option? And if not, well, then why do we, why are we even keeping three? You know, why can't we drop Boyle and try <laughs> sign him to the practice squad again or, you know, yeah. get somebody else? I mean, what's the point? I think with this one, I mean, so we, we did originally go with uh, just two quarterbacks, right? Rogers and Kaiser. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've obviously ended up keeping three. And I think we felt that if we went with three, it would probably include Hunley. Obviously, he got traded away. Mm. I think at that point, then we were happy with our two projection. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Hunley, as, as we sort of touched on before on quick snaps, you know, good for him. Uh, good for him to go and have another chance there. Um, his time had probably come. Uh, to an end with with the Packers and yeah the GM does really really well uh, getting himself uh, a pick out of it so I think with Boyle being on there I don't think we were surprised by it because we kind of discussed could it be could he be a guy that sort of stuck around and stayed on the roster and he did mm-hmm. and they've done the and he's done so because um, the comments coming out of that yeah they're really impressed with his arm um, really impressed with his confidence I think it's Demofsky that said um, that he's one of the most confident uh, undrafted free agent kids he's seen come through camp. I'm sure it was Demofsky. Um So, you know, it's it's not a surprise he's there, but yeah, certainly that was our well, our one. I guess I guess we thought it could happen. We didn't go with it. We went with two, but that they're keeping the three and Boyle's included that with obviously Rogers and Kaiser. Mm. Um, to answer your question, I'll try and do it quickly um, about whether if you know if Rogers goes down. Essentially, if Rogers goes down, you can't replace Rogers, but as other teams have done when their starting quarterbacks have gone down, they've had very, very serviceable and even good quarterbacks mm. behind there. And we've not had that for some time. Hundley, unfortunately, turned out not to be that. Kaiser, I believe, can be. Now, don't don't constantly believe the Kaiser we've got is the same Kaiser at the Browns. And don't believe that the Kaiser at the Browns that you saw was a fair reflection of his skill level because he was on a very bad Browns team, uh, one that was very much rebuilding, 
uh, an O-line that couldn't particularly protect him. Unfortunately for Joe Thomas, you know, and, and probably Joel Batonio, they were the only two guys really on that line um, that could do anything for him. And, and, and there was just a weak team. So don't don't sort of go on what you know of that Browns-Kaiser as being the guy now. He's probably a guy that can do a better job, but um, certainly in our division, the Vikings are very strong. The Bears are getting better. The Lions are good. Um, if we end up with any backup QB playing for any long amount of time, then it's probably kind of not going to happen for us. So just got hope that Rodgers can stay healthy. Yeah, I think the same. And I'll just talk about Deshaun Kaiser. Like, for instance, um, we knew he'd be on the team. Um, but again, I think we have to recalibrate people's opinions saying that, oh, well, obviously he's a lock because they did that trade. But I don't think so. I think we got rid of uh, Demarius Randall and we got something for him. I think that was the number one thing. Um, because we see Ra- mm-hmm. Randall and Rollins, for instance, and we've seen that Rollins on an awful lot of projections was dropped off. Now he's, you know, I know we're going to talk about it later, but the fact that he's on IOR, um, I don't think he's a lock to actually return to the team. You know, whether he's, they come to a settlement or whether they just, you know, drop him, I don't know. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't think that's that's a, an issue there. But I am surprised at the three of those. Um, and I guess if we if we stick on the offense, then another surprise, and maybe we can bundle these two together, is running back and, and fullback. Now, the fact that we don't have any fullbacks is a massive surprise to me. We did talk about Ripkowski and Kerridge um, and talk about that Kerridge was going to be gone and that Ripkowski was going to be in and also running back. So we've effectively only kept two, which is Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery um, with Aaron Jones then um, coming back. Um, he's eligible to come back in week three, but with that hamstring injury, who knows? Um, is this one of the because there's a couple of shocks I think was this uh, a big one for you then Ryan this whole lack of fullback thing and can you see a reason why we did it uh, well the, the the only thing I can think of why we did it is fullback as we know is kind, kind of become a bit of a luxury position and, and the fullback for a number of years now has been starting to get faded out a little bit um, now Green Bay have kept a fullback for a number of years obviously we had John Kuhn um, and, that, and then Ripkowski sort of took over from him. Um, now, it makes me wonder if we've got no fullback on the 53. Obviously, Kerridge is on the practice squad as it stands. So there's a chance he can come back onto the squad. It makes me wonder if, and we've seen a bit of it in, in previous seasons where tight ends have come into those fullback positions, yeah. particularly on run plays and, uh, and even in pass protection. So it makes me wonder, bearing in mind then we sort of into the tight ends that we've kept four on the books is whether you're going to see the tight ends used when they need that fullback position and therefore they feel they don't need to actually carry a fullback as such they'll bring a tight end in and the tight ends will be doing that job somebody like Mercedes Lewis we know is a very good blocker and I think he probably doesn't get enough credit for his pass catching ability and his playability because he's so good at blocking but he might be a guy that you see in that fullback spot yeah, um, and I see that. I guess that's the problem, right? Is that we always had a fullback because our offensive line kept getting injured, so we always had someone in there as kind of protection. Um, now they've paid Aaron Rodgers the big bucks. I don't know if we've have we spoken about his colossal contract yet. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I guess that's in the news, but it's it's so out there that if someone doesn't know that Aaron Rodgers signed a whopper contract, um, with a really favorable salary cap hit in the sense that it's not really altering our salary cap as it stands. Um, and then his base salary is 1.1 million, which is a dumper load of like, you know, guarantees or whatever going forward. Um, you'd sort of think that, okay, well, obviously we've seen our, our season go to trash. Uh, without Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of a given, you would assume. But then you look at the likes of the Eagles and what the Vikings were able to do, albeit that they had experienced quarterbacks, um, you know, in reserve. So it's a bit of an odd one not to have a fullback, I guess, because we always just expected us to hold one. Now, I know that there was the issues with Ripkowski and injuries, um, and I don't really recall much last season. Now, maybe it's just the fact that we didn't particularly need a fullback uh, to a large degree. I'm not sure. Um, but it goes to show that the Packers really believe in Jamal Williams and his durability and Ty Montgomery um, and his durability. But, like, you know, Montgomery does suffer from injuries. And we've seen Jamal Williams this preseason suffer mm-hmm. from injuries. Aaron Jones, uh, yeah. who's going to be coming in and, and depending on who they who they drop, um, is suffering from an injury. Uh, Devontae Mays is the other running back who's now on IR. Um, he was, you know, wasn't claimed off waiver, so landed back in the in the IR pot. Yeah. Um, so I don't expect him to make it obviously back to the team. 
Um, so yeah. yeah, I just think it's a bit of an odd one. I think I think it's a position to be concerned about because um, as stacked as we are, and I guess we'll get onto them now, the wide receivers. Um, it's and we have a lot there. I just think if you can't play off that play action pass and you don't have a legitimate run game, um, I just don't know what type of position that would leave us in. Um, but run, uh, wide receiver eight wide receivers, which is which is pretty untold. Um, now are the fan favorite uh, Jay Coomer, which we're going to talk about now for the next forty minutes and leave everybody else off. Um, has been uh, put onto IR now. He's eligible back after eight weeks, so in week eight nine, and um, then he can come back if needed. But not unless I think there's a catastrophic injury in our wide receiver core. Um, I don't know if he gets activated back or whether this was just a ploy for the Packers to keep him um, without trying to you know make him clear wa- waivers, which I don't think he would have and get picked up. So we've Devontae Adams, um, Randall Cobb, Jerome Allison, um, Jay Kumro, who's on IOR, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Marcus Vallis, Scandlig, Jamon Moore, um, and again, a guy who we were sort of humming and hawing about, which was Jay Kumaro versus Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis has found his way back on. Now, I think he'll he'll come in in special teams, Ryan. I don't think we'll expect him to be a wide receiver. Um, he's only fresh back to the squad off injury. Is this a position that you see, especially from listening to the media, that is still in flux? Do you think we could see uh, more movement on this? And lastly, then, Jay Kumaro, is he as important mm-hmm. as everyone thinks he's going to be or do you think that he'll get stuck on IR with a risk of actually being cut um, or you know put onto the practice squad or will he be reactivated I mean what do we do with the guy okay so if I if I start with Kumara um, I think yes there's probably a little bit there that obviously they knew he was going to go into IR so they could keep the eight receivers but only obviously have the seven active for the time being Um, I have a feeling he's somebody that will stay on the team because Rogers does like him he's made that very clear uh, the last time, obviously, we, we, he was kind of upset in some of the comments he made uh, of seeing Geordie go. You know, he sort of, I'm not saying that Jake Kumaro is on the same level as Geordie in terms of their, their personal relationship, but at the end of the day, he's, he's publicly backed this guy. And if you suddenly kick him off the squad, you know, it might be, again, some, something to upset. Now, obviously, he will get on with his job. Trevor Davis, um, I really didn't think he was going to make it. And, and I noticed a lot of comments, not only on our social feeds, but on others where people are saying that Trevor Davis gives you so much in this special teams. Well, he's been very inconsistent at best, I think, on the special teams. And I'm, I'm not knocking the guy, and I really want it to work out. And, I would, I, you know, if he comes out this year and, and proves me wrong, um, fine. But I don't I – I guess – so when I look at it, I guess uh, to try and just jump quickly, they've got eight people, right? They've got eight receivers on the roster. I think you're right in what you said there, where they're still trying to figure things out. Now, what I think this roster does at the moment, how it's set up is it allows them to go a couple of weeks, maybe see a bit more on the training field, maybe see a bit more in-game. And then I guess that at some point they're going to have to add other positions, which I'm sure we're going to get onto in a bit. But they're going to have to add other positions. As you said, with the running backs, if we have an injury or something quick up, then I'm guessing one of those receivers is going to be put to one side to bring another running back in. Mm. So... There's going to be movement. You'd have to say with eight receivers currently on the team, um, somebody won't be there come the end of the season. I can't see us carrying it the whole way through. So I think that somebody there, they've still fighting for jobs, uh, particularly the guys down the bottom of that. Yeah, and something that kind of strikes me is is that, like, will people still be talking about Jay Kumaro in eight weeks' time? It's a very long time. It's half the season, regular season. Um, obviously not half the season for the backers because we're going into postseason. And the thing is, they they won't be talking about him if somebody like Jamal Moore, um, Equinemius St. Brown or Trevor Davis, somebody like that does suddenly light up. Yeah, and that's... Unfortunately yeah. for Jake, they'll kind of forget who Jake is because now it'll all be about those guys. But that's the... Yeah, exactly, and that's my point and that's what I was going on to say. That's exactly it. I mean, just one of these guys steps Sorry. up and then... <laughs> how dare you? Um, one of these yeah. guys steps up and then all of a sudden they don't really care who Jake Kumaro is anymore. And the case yeah. in point to that is really Ty Montgomery. I mean, you know, every single off-season it's like, oh, is he going to change his number? Is he going to go to a running back number? Is he a wide... What, what is he? You know, you're kind of thinking he's a running back. He's a running back now. And if he doesn't make the cut as a running back with our wide receiver core, I don't know you, you know, particularly where we have a place for him. Um, and it's yeah. just that we've seen Jam- he get injured and then Jamal Williams stepped up and then Aaron Jones stepped up. Um, you know, Devontae Mays came in and just couldn't hold on to the ball. But you look at Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones and now people are kind of thinking like, do we really need Ty Montgomery? You know, like uh, his, his position is in peril. And there's a guy who was like a definite lock, was an experiment, was had bulked up and all of these sort of stories about him. 
Um, so there was an awful lot of hype around him too. And now you can see kind of with the other two lads in there, who there wasn't an awful lot of fanfare about at all. It kind of pushed him down the depth mm-hmm. chart and certainly in people's minds. Um, so another sort of strange one to me was, uh, well, it's strange and not strange. And I guess this is the part where, you know, we say making up excuses or whatever. So when you look at the tight end position with Jimmy Graham, obviously Lance Kendricks, another obvious one, Mercedes Lewis, again, another obvious one. We sort of wax lyrical about them on the last podcast about, um, you know, how proficient they were at their position. Um, and then we're kind of looking at the likes of Robert Tonyan, who really made a strong show. And um, he's kind of like the poor man's Justin Perillo. Um, in the sense that, yeah, he's catching <laughs> stuff and doing well, but he ends up making the yeah. squad. Give me a break. Um, but no, um, Robert Tanyan, in all fairness, um, and there was an article on Sports Illustrated about him and Jay Kumaro playing Fortnite against each other, which I still, if I'm honest, have. And I'm not trying to be a deliberate footy-duddy or whatever. I have a rash as what Fortnite is and why it's so addictive. Um, yeah, no reply. Yeah, so I and really I, do computer that, games. I don't know. People are probably playing Fortnite, listening to the podcast, going, "Oh, I'm turning this off." Um, but Robert Tanya definitely deserved the place, but I just didn't see a position for him. And I guess when you start like shaving off fullbacks and, um, you know, outside linebackers, <laughs> you're kind of thinking, "Eh, stick another tight end in there." Now, whether that continues or not, as well, Ryan is sort of remains to be seen as well, right? Yeah, but I think this is where. Possibly, you know, maybe maybe I'm talking complete rubbish and someone will tell me, but this is where I think maybe that fourth tight end's on there because they're seeing that fullback slot being fit, filled by one of these guys. Although, obviously, that sort of theory that I was thinking a few days ago now with Kerridge landing on practice squad, I don't know if that's just complete tosh. So maybe that could be it. I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. You look at it and you go, well, Graham Kendricks-Lewis, I think we said they were going to make it. They were always going to be on the team. A lot of people liked Tonyan in what he did in the preseason. Um, I didn't really think there was a need for a fourth tight end. Um, and as you, as you sort of mentioned there, when you look at what linebackers are currently there at the minute, we've got to bring some in. Now, we brought a guy in today, um, but you'd think we're going to have to bring in something else at linebacker. And so, again, maybe that fourth spot, Robert Tonyan's got to do some work there to, to stay on. Yeah, um, and I guess f- to, to sort of finish off and to, to circle the loop or whatever the office uh, lingo is, is on the offensive line. This is a really odd one. So left guard, Lane Taylor, no one behind him. Corey Lindsley, centre, no one to back him up. Right guard, we've Justin McRae um, and Lucas Patrick behind him. Uh, right tackle and left tackle, which is where we've seen injuries to Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari. They've shorted up with two backups, certainly on the depth chart. Now, I know, you know they're into these utility offensive linemen that you can move around. Um, but left tackle, David Bakhtiari behind him, Kyle Murphy, and behind him, Alex Light, and I will say this once and once only. Who is Alex mm-hmm. Light? Um, and then right tackle, Brian Balaga, and behind him, Jason Spriggs, and then Byron Bell. Now, if I'm honest, I really thought Dylan Day would make it because of all of the fanfare that we've seen in preseason. Byron Bell got paid 500k, and I know that could be incentive to keep him around, but as an economic student, um, I know that that's a sunk cost. If it doesn't work out, you don't sort of go, well, we pump this money into him, let's keep him around. I think that he was a disaster at times in preseason, um, which was a, it's a really bad sign, especially when you're talking about preseason. Um, so I don't know, this is kind of a head-scratcher for me, one of the head-scratchers about this roster. Um, here, Ryan, do you agree what they did? And I know we're not smarter than the Packers' front office, for God's sake, we're not saying we are. I'm a twinkly-eyed Irishman who likes potatoes too much. But, I mean, is did you see a pan out this way? Would you have done it differently yourself? Um, and do you think that, again, this is a position that's potentially in flux? I think the thing when it comes to offensive line is, uh, over the last few years, probably more out of necessity than, than choice, is that a number of our O-linemen can play multiple positions. Hmm. Um, that's generally happened due to injury. And so when I think you're looking at it, and as you said, there's sort of no backup left guard on the roster as it stands, no no clear backup centre. There's probably going to be somebody else in there that's going to be backing up those positions. So it doesn't particularly concern me that much that there's gaps there at the minute. It would concern me more that we got several players in our starting positions that are injury prone, um, it might be fair to say, and then probably that's then where we lack a little bit of depth. So people like... Patrick, Kyle Murphy, Jason Spriggs absolutely must start to step up and, and we must start to see that sort of improvement as they come in because I'm sure at some point Oli's a position where um, generally they're beating people up, they're getting beaten up, things will happen, people will have to step up, we will see next man up and we need to see a, a, maybe a slight improvement in some of those performances. 
And are you aware of who Alex Light is? Um, yes, yeah, sorry, I forgot that question. So, yeah, Alex Light, um, no, uh, not particularly, um, no. And that's what I find odd. I mean, is Alex Light, is this just a guy who unfortunately is going to be kept on until, you know, he's potentially dropped for somebody else that they can pick up off the waiver wire at a different position? Well, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that way. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I, I jumped in too quick there. I mean, certainly they can't just get rid of him because there's, there's nobody really there mm. um, to sort of back up. But it, it does seem, I mean, you, you'd hope, obviously, that, you know, and I'm pretty sure that the Packers front office are looking at every player being cut from every other team. Um, as said, you know, we brought in a running back from Dallas. We've we brought the linebacker in that I think was last at San Francisco. Um, you know, so they're obviously looking at players. You might expect some linemen. Um, mm. There must be people out there, you, but who knows? I mean, as as it stands, the first five, uh, you know, are very good. Probably probably as good as for me anyway, as good as any line in the league when they're all healthy and they're all playing. Yeah. Um, it's and I, and I guess it's exactly like the quarterback thing, you know. Starting QB goes down, you're gonna have problems trying to replace that. And I guess it's the same with any position. If your starting guy goes down, you're gonna have trouble replacing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a very very good line if they can all stay healthy. But the line position being what it is, you'd have to think that at some point all those other guys are gonna see some time. Yeah. Um, and you rightly say so. I guess that's. I guess this podcast is literally how the you know fifty three man was cut, and then how it's kind of evolved since then. Um, and as you point out, we've signed you know former Dallas Cowboys running back Darius Jackson um, to the roster. So that was sort of deemed as you know as we started popping people on IOR and releasing um, others. Um, then Jackson came in, so we have a bit more depth there. Um, and as we said, you know, we have Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery in those two because Aaron Jones isn't because of that suspension. Um, so with this guy coming in, um, adds a bit of depth there. But again, he suffered from the injuries himself um, and he's been on and off practice squads in his career. Um, and according to Rob Domofsky, he hasn't carried in an NFL regular season game over his entire career. Um, so <laughs> I guess that's that's concerning. Now, yes, you'd, have to, you'd have to wonder why. Yeah, we'd have to wonder why bring him in over some of the guys we've had on the practice uh, that are on the practice squad or that we've cut. Mm. Um, seems an odd one to me, but yeah, again, okay. I don't get paid to go and look at players, <laughs> and they do, so they obviously know what they're looking for. Yeah, but I would like, I would like to say at this juncture, we are available for employment. Um, so when we look at a, another signing that they made, so this is a veteran guy, linebacker Corey Toomer. Um, you know, this is something that kind of did baffle us the kind of the linebacker core, um, as it stands. So. I guess moving swiftly along to defense and you know we should probably start on the line but let's just start about uh on linebacker um outside linebacker clay matthews and reggie gilbert uh nick perry kyler fackrell again kyler fackrell was kind of one of those shocking ones um yeah you know because I, I see all this talk about like oh vince beagle that experiment is, is over now see you later Um, you know they got rid of him just to prove that you know we don't stand for that sort of play around here and we're going to cut our ties. I kind of think, well, then Kyler Farkle should be on the chopping block too. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, yeah. In that regard. Uh, Blake Martinez, inside linebacker, and Oren Burks. Um, and then backing those up is Antonio Morrison and James Crawford, who is the nephew yeah. of Charles Woodson. Um, very light there, Ryan. Like crazy light in the sense that Oren Burks injured, Nick Perry injuries, Clay Matthews regularly oh, injured, yeah. Blake Martinez very durable, but again, high. You know, most tackles made for the Packers, and also the highest joint tackler last season. Mm. Um, Reggie Gilbert, you know, the, there's a high ceiling for him. Um, Kyler Fackrell, no one has any real sort of faith in him. I guess this is seen as a make or break, whether he makes it. Um, you know, to, into the regular season, who knows? And then Antonio Morrison and James Crawford again, sort of relatively unknown entities, I guess. I don't know. This yeah, is another head scratcher. The Packers, yeah, yeah, is and Kyler Fackrell. I mean, you know, hopefully, fair play to him. You know, maybe he's massively improved this off season, and uh, the coaches have seen something. But you're right; a lot of people saying the Vince Beagle experiment was over. Um, but journalists, fans, you know, sort of right across the board. But you'd have to say then, it, exactly as you said. If the experiment's come is is over, Kyle Fackrell's been on the team uh, longer than Beagle, I think, by one year. Yeah. Um. So why is that experiment still going on when we've seen, you know, just as little in terms of production? Um. It's worrying. I mean, for example, if you look at the depth chart as it is currently on Packers.com, 
they have the two inside linebackers as their first picks, uh, as the first on the depth chart, as Blake Martinez and Oren Brooks, right? Yeah. Then they have nobody in second. In, and then the third team's Antonio Morrison and James Crawford. Yeah. So does that tell you, you know, what they think of those guys? Or do they know there's a big hole and somebody's coming? You know, I, it seems very odd. And, and then we're talking about as well now how important that outside pass rush is. You know, and we've, you know, Clay, think of Clay Matthews in his prime. Think of Nick Perry when he was having his season. And what a difference those guys make when they, they can create those pressure. And then about how important that is as a team, especially in a 3-4 defense. And then suddenly we are, you know, thin on the ground like this. And we got, you know, I've got nothing personally against Kyler Fackrell, right? And I really hope that he plays this year and he plays well and, and, and he proves everybody wrong. It seems odd at linebacker. And I guess what annoys me a little bit about how the defense has fell is we're looking at the defensive line right now and we have probably one of the meanest defensive lines, one of the best defensive lines in the league. Now, okay, a little bit biased from me. I'm obviously a Packers fan. Mm. But I think, you you know, there's probably better individual players maybe in in, in positions. But as, as a defensive line unit, I think you, you're hard pressed to to find a better four four or five guys now. So, I guess what annoys me then is we've put all these um, draft picks, uh, sort of free agent acquisitions. If you if you want to sort of include Tremont Williams and Devon House, but we've put a lot of draft picks, a lot of time into our defensive backfield and the cornerbacks and the safeties. And so we're hoping that those guys sort of come out and we see their worth. We've really amped up on the defensive line, and then we've kind of, it seems at the moment, done nothing with the linebackers. And I, and yeah. I find it just a little bit frustrating that, again, right now for me, and I'm not trying to be negative, but it feels like, again, we're going to have holes in the defense that, that at the moment we just haven't filled. And so yeah. I think the defense needs to come out in those first few weeks, prove everybody what wrong, prove that, for one, you know, the, the Dom Capers sort of attitude is gone and we've moved on and things are... Uh, sort of amping up under under petting and, and that you know some of these players actually need to come out and prove something a bit like Reggie Gilbert's done you know Reggie Gilbert wasn't given his shot maybe as, as much as he should have been last year and he's had a chip on his shoulder and he's come out he's proved something he's made the 53 and he looks damn good doing it so we need a few more players with that kind of attitude on defense and prove something yeah, I just think we're a bit light on defense, and I think it's it's an area where we've got absolutely smashed with injuries before. Now I know at the at the cornerback position, uh, which is where we're most stacked on defense, um, but it is a head scratcher. But let me put this on record: um, Brian Gutekunst came out um, and spoke after he made the cutdowns, which was quite incredible in Green Bay in the sense that Ted Thompson, after he did his obligation with the media. Um, you know, up to this point would never come out and explain himself and you wouldn't hear from him again till, you know, we're ramping up and the season's over and all the rest. Um, so the fact that he came out and was, was speaking about it was pretty interesting. Um, and also that he came out and said that they're in a win-now mentality and that they were kind of, you know, he didn't really go into the Khalil Mack and I know that, I guess we'll we'll discuss that next. Um, you know, but he says that they're trying to do their utmost to win now. I don't think that that's true and I think that you know whether we want to admit it or not this Packers team is still in flux um, and not the fact that we're going to sign and drop people I think that we're in a sort of a developmental stage and it pains me to say it um, but I think that's where we're at because if you look at a linebacker we're very light if you look at cornerback it's effectively still a project because we had to bring back Tremont Williams if we thought we were set we wouldn't be doing stuff like that um, you know we bring back the Von House for another year if we thought we were set we still wouldn't be doing that um, safety we've Kentrell Bryce in there starting and as much as he folds people in half he's awesome. a pretty much yeah he's an unknown entity <laughs> now I know he's your he's your you know birth brother as he confirmed he's my on Twitter, Twitter brother yeah Twitter um brother. But, you know, I, I just, I guess I'm not convinced that, that we're, we're set at safety. I think there's still question marks over Haha Clinton Dix, um, you know, where he had a down year last year and he blamed Dom Capers and teammates quite vocally, um, which was a strange one. Um, and then we seen some play at preseason, which was odd. Now, I know we put that down, whether, like, does he go all, you know, balls to the wall? Um, I don't know. So, like, a cornerback, the jury's out. I know everyone's high on uh, Jair Alexander and, and Kevin King and Josh Jackson. Um, you know, but I still think there's question marks there. There's question marks at linebacker whether they can stay healthy. If they don't, well, I think we're pretty screwed. Um, if you look in the defensive line, uh, you know we've Mo Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels. 
that's an absolute formidable force go back it's really mean and Montrevious Adams the hype is there and again I used to believe in all of this stuff when people used to say before but I'm I'm skeptical now Montrevious Adams looks like a beast uh, you know a, a sort of a Kenny Clark mark 2 albeit as a defensive end and not an O's tackle um, and then Dean Lowry which is still kind of an unknown entity so if I look on the defensive side of the ball I think Mike Patton really needs to be pulling out some exotic stuff some kind of you know um, not even exotic but just you know where they said like you know we like to show a certain way but then not actually play a certain way we like to appear multiple is the phrase that he uses now I don't know if mm-hmm. this is a vote of confidence in the Mike Patton defense that he can get a lot out of a little or whether this is them just you know openly dropping players where they say let's not you know sort of limit ourselves that our offense be our best form of defense and let's just build next year again in the draft and um, which kind of alludes to right so we can talk about it here i guess the khalil mack trade rumor has it that gudekunst did not try to give the two first round picks um no no that was the rumor that the bears gave two and we were to give two and that air two were presumably going to be lower down so they were of less value now it's came out that he was only offering one and not two um which makes sense, right? Because if you get the highest defensive player in the league, the highest offensive player in the league, and then you have to build through the draft. And if you don't have any draft picks in the first round and uh, the following year, well, then if stuff goes wrong, well, then you're in Hapenny's place. Now, Ron, I don't know if, if you feel the same as I do about all of that. No. Um, so this is, the, this is the way I see it. So a lot of people, they were, everyone was clambering for Khalil Mack. Yeah? And then when it didn't happen, there was, a, there, was, there was those that went, okay, fair play to the Bears. You still suck anyway. And then there was those that sort of said, oh, yeah, well, good idea. You know, we didn't want to sort of mortgage away the future on one player. But the thing that I don't get is this, right? For as long as I've been watching the Packers, okay, and I haven't been watching them as, as long as many of the listeners out there, but I've had Brett Favre as my quarterback and I've now had Aaron Rodgers, you know, with little flitters from uh, Matt Flynn and others in there. But essentially that's been it. And in all that time of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played this game, we have two Super Bowls. That's it. And we could realistically get to the end of Aaron Rodgers' career and still have just two Super Bowls. And that's, it's, for me, it's probably the biggest underachievement in sports history when you look at the teams we had, the two quarterbacks that we had and have, sorry. So I don't get this, um, you know, let's not give away all the draft picks in the future. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. We've got a really young team, okay? We've also shown... With a number of people on this team this year, we've got undrafted free agents that are on the team. You don't necessarily need the draft picks to build. And when you've got a player like Khalil Mack, for me, it's worth the risk of selling a little bit of the future to win now. And I think the problem is our defense particularly needs a player like that. We've had Clay Matthews in recent years. Okay, Clay Matthews is now not Clay Matthews anymore. Still a very important player and has a huge role, but not that Clay Matthews. We needed a Khalil Mack, and I think we should have done it. We should have made sure we did it. And we, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think we missed out on something. Now, whether we were in the running realistically or not, because of the fact that more than likely the Saints and the Packers draft picks will be further down than the Bears draft picks. But anybody now that's sort of going, oh, yeah, actually, after all that, after all the excitement's died down, yeah, actually, we did the right thing. I I think it's wrong. And I think if we carry on with that attitude and thinking that's okay, then we'll be at the end of Aaron Rodgers' career and we'll, we'll just have two Super Bowls. But that's that's I know I'm kind of on my own in that thinking. Uh, I think. No, I get it, and and that's that's the main thing that we see out there in Pack Nation is that people rue the whole like, oh, I can't believe you had two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game and you don't have a lot of Super Bowls. But I mean, there's been fantastic quarterbacks before that have never won a Super Bowl, um, which again doesn't sort of go, oh, well then we're going to be happy with what we have. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that what we've seen in New England isn't normal. I think that's that's the... Uh, I don't know. that It's the unattainable, I guess. Bill Belichick and what he's done in New England has kind of set a standard that, oh yes, you can go back to the Super Bowl any other year. Um, now, defense wins championships and I think if we had Mac. Um, well then we'd just be you know damn near unstoppable our defensive line is unbelievable our pass rush would be absolutely shocking um, and it just we just need our cornerbacks and safeties to step up when we do get a bit of leakage that if anything gets past that goddamn line and pass rush um, you know then we'd have to get them to sort of hold it up now I think that 
I was hoping that they'd land Mac, and I think that I was hoping that they'd give away um, as much as they had to to get him because I think that if the Packers are going to are going to pride themselves and always have prided themselves, you know, especially over the last number of I don't know, can you say decades as sort of a, a draft and develop team? Well, then put your money yeah. where your mouth is then and be a draft and develop team with the one or two really high priced guys that are going to make an actual mm-hmm. difference. And see, that's that's one of the issues as well. Hard to go. He was a draft and developed guy. We mm. let Morgan Burnett go, a draft and developed guy. You know, yeah. and we've done it time and time again. So are we a draft and developed team if once we develop our players, we then let them leave? You know, so I don't know. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on this one, but mm. I just feel like... Um, you know, it was convenient for a lot of people out there to say, yeah, we want him. Oh, we didn't get him. Well, we didn't really want him. Yeah. And that's how it felt. That's If I was to just paint all of Twitter and Facebook and everything else with one brush, that was kind of the attitude. And I just thought, at some point, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to pull the, the win now. You know, we're going to have to go baseball mode. We're going to have to trade the trade the farm and then get some guys to come play now, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, is that like people just don't give up hope. I know Khalil Mack was sort of a, a known entity and we all know what he can do and he's absolutely devastating. And although our two draft picks would be presumably, and let's sort of have our fingers crossed for this, are way down um, in the, well, of course, we have no control over the Saints one, but certainly our own is going to be way down. But we still have two first rounders mm-hmm. next year and both of those we could be traded trade for up. a higher one. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can use the two of them to trade up into okay. the top 10. So right. th- that might give us I'm sort of a, a shot at it again. I'm back on the positivity train. Right. And again, I don't know. Do you, do you, want, to, <laughs> do you want to jump in then and you know discuss the fact that I believe that this team is still widely seen as, well, certainly, well, not widely seen. I haven't really seen it written out there that this is a team in development. Or do you think that by looking at this 53 man, and now, albeit I know we haven't discussed the, the quarterback safeties and really the defensive line, do we have enough here, Ryan, to win? Did the Packers expect to win? <laughs> I think, uh, more importantly, we haven't, we haven't discussed the safety teams, which shocks me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, are we ready to win now? Yes, because I think when you've got Aaron Rodgers under centre, then you, you can win at any point. He's that good that he can carry your team. We've seen him before where a defence has been bad and his, his answer was to go score like 55 points or something. Mm. You know, So I think with Aaron Rodgers under centre, just like uh, you mentioned New England earlier, just if you have Tom Brady under centre, you have that type of player, then you always have a chance of winning. So this is a team that can win now. Is it realistically speaking is it is it is the is the 53 complete and ready no i think we can see small holes here and there do i think it's a stronger 53 than last year offense i'm going to say yes defense i'm going to say possibly um i'm not sure i think certainly like i said up front we're, we're much stronger than we've been um I, I think in recent years the rest of it's kind of got to work itself out so this this team, I believe, we basically our first goal this year. We've got to be better than the Vikings. If we're better than the Vikings in our division, then obviously we win that division because I think uh, Chicago and the Lions are, are further off us. So we have to win that battle, win the division. Once we get in the playoffs and you have Aaron Rodgers, and especially if you can do it with a home run or anything like that, then there's no reason this team can't go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and one thing I will say is, is that although I'm saying that this team is in development, I do think they can win now. But what I'm sort of more alluding to, I guess, is that Brian Gutekunst is building an absolutely devastating roster. Because if you think about it, like kind of you said, yeah, yeah. is that, you know, if we have a crappy defense and everyone's frustrated and we keep getting injured, yet Aaron Rodgers drags this team and runs tables and gets us to the NFC Championship game. You know, and I kind of think, and especially doing it as a wild card. So I, I think that that's, that's the level that we're at, is that, you know, if we don't get any better, we could still potentially find ourselves in the NFC Championship game. So if they go and build the defense over the next maybe two, three years um, and keep adding nice little bits and pieces um, on offense, well, then I think that this does become a dynasty team like New England. Um, now, I know that might come back and bite me in the arse. So let's get to the cornerbacks and safeties then. Um, so Tremont Williams uh, is seen as the de facto, you know, number one, I guess. Kevin King would be seen as others, you know, obviously playing different sides. Um, Jair Alexander, Devon House, um, Quinton Rollins on IOR, Herb Waters has been waived. Um, and then Josh Jackson then as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess let's throw the safeties in there as well. Ha, Clinton Dix, Kentrell Bryce, Jermaine Whitehead, Josh Jones. And a big surprise for me, Raven Green. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of like that one. So, I mean, I was a little surprised. I think Whitehead's done okay in the preseason. Uh, Raven Green, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was I was massively watching what he was doing. So, good on him for getting in there. And I hope he's a guy that can come in again with like a chip on his shoulder, an unfancied guy, uh, and can come in and make the roster. I think at cornerback, we look good as long as the guys can sort of perform to a level we think they're going to. As said, uh, I think a few weeks ago on, on one of the podcasts, you know, Tremont Williams still looks young. Um, but he's playing with uh, an incredibly experienced head. And I think that's something, particularly if you look at the uh, sort of cornerback stable there, you need a Tremont Williams and you need a Davon House with those guys. Um, I'd be surprised. Uh, I think Quinton Rollins, is is he on Is he on IR? Or is yeah, he, on he is, something? yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I don't know if he returns to the team. I guess that all depends how well these other guys play while he's away. Yeah. Um, you know, the, unfortunately for him, the the longer he's off the field, the the harder his shot coming back is. Um, but that, that, as I said, that you know that sort of all dependent on those other guys' performance. At safety, I think I think we're probably a little bit um, we're trying to figure stuff out still. Um, but you know, if we get Ha Ha Clinton Dix back to playing how we know he can, he's a fantastic player, um, and at his best, he looks like one of the best in the league. But unfortunately, at his worst, he looks like a you know a guy that should be on special teams. Mm. Um, so Kentrell Bryce again, you know I I really like him, my Twitter brother. So I, I think it's okay back there. Um, but you know Kevin King, we want to see certainly a step up. Um, Jair Alexander looks an exciting player. I can't wait to see him play. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there's a fun group back there, and I think it's something that's growing. Uh, and I think we've got all the right pieces there for that to be good. Yeah. Um, and it's just been announced now, and I know I'd said the Herb Waters had been waived, but that wasn't officially official. And it's just been announced now as we're on the podcast that they've signed running back Darius Jackson, which we mentioned earlier, and waived cornerback uh, Herb Waters, which was an odd one anyway to begin with. I mean, the guy starts off as a wide receiver coming out of the University of Miami in 2016 and um, gets switched to a cornerback. People kind of thought, look, he's, he's not going to make it, ends up on the practice squad. Um, had a pretty tragic start to his preseason and ended up, you know, trying to come good and then it just didn't work out for the guy. But that's what it sort of say about Raven Green as well. Maybe, you know, I don't know if his days are numbered here too. And I just feel really bad, I guess, for the guys as well, Ryan. You know, that get signed and you're kind of like, oh, that's a surprise. And then you realise, oh yeah, I know why they're kind of holding players until they get somebody somebody better um, and then they get dropped like a hot potato. Um, yeah, like, like you said. Um, so look, I've got to stop you because special teams... Okay, everybody's waiting, right? Everyone's fed up. They don't want to hear about how many court, quarterbacks we got, how many wide receivers. They want to know if we got our predictions right on the special teams. Hmm. That that was the important one, right? That's the, you know, basically if we nailed special teams, we won, yeah? <laughs> yeah, did we get the three out of three, two of them being tacked on? Yeah. We did. Yeah. We did, yeah. Mason Crosby, J.K. Scott, and Hunter, Hunter Bradley. Bradley. And that's the thing about Hunter Bradley, right? Uh, he's the guy who wins a competition that ended 50-50 and they literally said, eh, we draft him, let's keep him. I think, and not to be unfair <laughs> to the guy, but that's, you know, according to all the beat writers, that's kind of how they see it, you know, had had went down. They He didn't beat, uh, beat I'm going to say his name is Triner instead of Triner. Yeah, um, Triner. But, I, I, Triner. I would say Triner. Yeah. Has it got two ends in it? No, but come on, they say uh, O'Shag Hennessy instead of uh, O'Shocknessy. You know, Cahill no, instead of Cahill. Irish names, like some Irish names I look at and I don't even know how to make the sounds to start. Yeah. I've I've a cousin, right? That's a whole other podcast. I guess. Well well let's let's get into just one. Uh, try pronounce this. Have you got a have you got a pen and pencil? A pen and pencil or a pen and paper or a pencil and paper? A O I B H E A N N. E A N N. How would you pronounce that? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go for something. Uh, I'm going to go for Oven. Oh, not bad. Avian. Avian. Okay. Yeah, Avian. Okay. Cool. But yeah, some some names are just mental. I mean, Siobhan's bad enough, but luckily it's become mainstream enough in the UK that Sia yeah. Ban is not said anymore. Mm. But yeah. I Anyways. like that's like Ciara. I keep moaning about it. C I A R A. It's Kira. It's not Ciara. It's Kira. It's Kira. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one. Kira. Hey, the uh, that, that, that's more those. to the point. So, Go so on. your uh, yeah, your ex hurling player out of Dublin hasn't made the team. Oh, it's uh, good old Connor Sheehy. 
Yeah, what happened to him? I don't know. They just have a they have a prejudice against people from Offaly. I'd say. Um, yeah, I'd love to get yeah. him on the podcast, you know. But then it's kind of just taking the piss out of the fact that he got caught. Well, let's see what happens. He might end up somewhere, and then we could sort of say, "Oh, you know, how's that for you?" And then just talk to him about Irish things. Yeah, and I bet he says his name isn't she. It's she hi. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, "Oh, yeah, great." Um, just like Jason Wilde. We, you know what? I, I, we need to get Jason Wilde on and ask him is his name Jason Wilde? Is he of Dutch derivation, or is he Jason Wild? Yeah, I because I, I would call him Wild as in yeah. Oscar Wild. Yeah, which I think is pretty good you know, name to be named after. But Unless you're... I do believe you were correct with your first one, and I think it is a yeah. Wilde. Oh, without a doubt. The only people who don't want to be called Wild is um, Oscar Wilde's um, sons and grandsons. <laughs> changed their name to, changed their name to Holland. Secret. Maybe he is like a secret grandson of Oscar Wilde. Yeah. It's not that secret, though, whacking his name out there as Wilde, because his, um, his grandson, Lucian Holland, um, you know, writes about his his grandfather and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of think, well, then change your name back to Wilde because his missus changed it after that whole, you know, court scandal back in the day. But um, that's the end of oh, our literature podcast. I know my Oscar yeah. Wilde, do you know what I mean? I know my Oscar Wilde. Yeah, see, I didn't. I was literally stuck at Oscar Wilde and then I had nothing more past that. What's the, here's a question for you then. What's the brainiest style of book or what or author or something that you've just read off the bat and said, I'm going to read that? Uh, probably, well, I don't know, because I, I guess it wasn't really a choice. Right, so I've read two books in my life. Uh, <laughs> one was um, Stuart Pierce's autobiography, okay. and the other was Chris Moyles' autobiography. However, when I was at school, I did drama, mm. and so I read uh, plenty of Shakespeare, and one one in particular, that and there was two, sorry, two plays in particular I quite liked that we did was uh, West Side Story, right. uh, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we did a view from the bridge, uh, and so they're also two books that I've read, um, but again not really through choice. And had I not been doing drama, I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, because so I just watched a film. I've read an awful lot of books that are on the school syllabus, you know, and I kind of read them. And I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed them, but I kind of thinking at the amount that the millions of school kids out there that are reading this thing and going. Like I'd rather stab myself in the eyes with pencils than read that thing. Like Oscar Wilde, the importance of being earnest, the importance of being earnest, is incredibly funny. It's very, very funny. Um, Ernest Hemingway is uh, an o- <laughs> is is an okay read. I'm you know getting through uh, to whom the bell for whom the bell tolls. Um, yeah, and uh, by now everybody switched off, but we leave that till the Shakespearean podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I reckon, I reckon, right. So let us know who's read actually read a book in the last six months. And I reckon it's not that many people listening. Well, I, or do you, know, you reckon that people still read books? I think they do. Well, I hope they do. For um, okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe all people read are tweets because now. You'd like, like uh, for example, so like I will, I have got Packers books, mm. um, and I've never read them yet. I will sit and read Bleacher Report, ESPN, NFL, uh, Packers history stuff on the Packer on Packers dot com, mm. and I will read it endlessly. But for some reason, I will not pick up a book and read. I don't know why. That's a shame because we had um, Ralph Hickok on uh, who wrote, uh, you know, Johnny Blood, McNally, The Vagabond Halfback. Absolutely fantastic book. The manuscript had been sitting there and he couldn't get it picked up by a publisher. And if anyone's interested in that, it's absolutely fascinating. Listen, Johnny Blood, an actual Irishman, um, I'm proud to say. Uh, He was very proud of his heritage. Can we publish it? Is that a thing? Uh, Can we publish a book? Yeah, can we do that? Yeah, We could just sort of, uh, you know, yeah, just go off that route and publish something. Yeah, well, I was half thinking about it. Like, as I, they say that every every person has like a good, uh, a book in them, you know, that they have thought of a book to to write. And yeah, um, yeah. according to Christopher Hitchens, he says that it's, maybe that's the best place for it to stay for most people is inside them. But I had, <laughs> I had a book idea about the Packers that I guess I'm not going to say because the minute you say it, you just assume that, well, I've said it now. It's basically the same as writing it. Now, fun fact, I have actually written a book too. I've written oh, a novel. Yeah. yeah, I just right, like... come on then. Because right. we have got, we've gone so far off track now. We might as well go all the way to the end on this one. Right, come on. What is the book about, Stephen? It's called The Rant, and it's based kind of. Uh, it's based in Ireland. It's loosely based on a day in my life as a college student, um, and it's it's no 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 drugs. I'm a very uh, you know <laughs> anti drug kind of guy. Uh, although my rantings on the podcast would lead people to believe otherwise. Yeah, it's it's sort of it's it's not, and I'm not going to say it's in any way comparable to this work, but it's kind of similar in structure to. 
James Joyce's Ulysses, um, where it happens all in the one day. Now, I don't believe in 10 years' time that people are going to have a Bloomsday for me, um, but certainly, yeah, I, I remember I wrote it back in the time of the whole Celtic Tiger thing, and um, apparently, you know, quitting their jobs, getting massive mortgages and sitting at home pretending to be a writer was something that people like to do. Um, and when I went to agents and publishers to get it to get it published because it didn't fall into us like it's really set genre of fiction or non-fiction because it's kind of a blend of the two it's a comedy book do you know what i mean it's kind of like an observational comedy um style thing um and i had to, i have it sitting there i still have it sitting there um and i went to these agents at the time and they said well what is it and i said well it's kind of a non-fiction observational comedy based on real life and they said well where does it go in a bookshop then if you can't tell me where it goes in the bookshop well then i can't i'm not going to take it on and i was like i don't know that's your sure, job sure, as an agent. Geez, i mean i mean right right i mean i've got to be honest i cannot remember the last time i was in a bookshop mm. um or in fact last time i was in a library i would have been at university yeah uh, and again that's kind of like forced but surely in a bookshop there is like a miscellaneous section I think for it's random like, books that don't fit in genres, right? Well, I was kind of thinking like current affairs are humor for life. We need to be more accepting of people that don't fit into <laughs> labels. That's it, right? I mean, That's I don't it. know how far off track we can take this podcast right now. Yeah, but I also feel like we 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 need to know who wants to buy Stephen's book. Mm. Um, hey, I never thought about that. Actually, yeah, maybe we just sell it to podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, poor devil. Yeah, we we can we can sell. So we don't know. Any, right, okay. Yeah, maybe on another podcast. Then uh, we we we'll interview you. You can tell us about the book, and then we'll see what we can sell. Right. How much would you charge for it? I don't know. I I tell you what. I let you One read pass. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's about what it's worth. I let if you read it. You're gonna wait for me to read it. You're gonna be waiting a long time. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're the um, worst that's person. That's no today. disrespect to the book, but I'm probably not the best person. Um, however, we could start a book club. Yeah. And I could be the host. You would be the worst. We'll just review books that you write every week. <laughs> you, you'd literally be like, so tell me what the book was about and we'll discuss. <laughs> Why, Ryan? Because I didn't read it. Yeah, because, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Right. So where, do we, where are we going to go? We've based, Right, we've discussed the roster. Okay, yeah. we've also discussed your book and we think we should publish that. Yeah. And we will sell it one day to a big publisher in New York. Um, I, th I think that's how it works. It happens in the movies like that, anyway. Yeah. Um, but we should probably get back to Packer stuff. So we've discussed the roster. We think there's gaps, essentially. We also think it's not set right now. There's going to be other additions. There's going to be people, unfortunately, probably get cut. Um, who knows what's going to happen? At some point, there's somebody's going to be injured. Somebody's going to have to replace. There's going to be all sorts happen. So, mm. do you think we should get too bogged down in how it looks right at this moment, or even how we start in week one? Or do you think, you know, we could be changing through the first few weeks of the season? Yeah, I think we're going to be changing, to be honest. I think we're going to change up till then. Um, but I do think we're going to change since then. Our first game is going to be a bruiser. I mean, against the Chicago Bears, it's going to be the first, you know, Suck. comeback to, to proper... Uh, tackling and I think and as well as that people need to relax about Khalil Mack he's not going to be playing in the first week he doesn't know the defense he hasn't played any preseason he's still carrying um, an injury and he was holding out as well um, so yeah I, I think that's going to actually be an incredibly tough game in fact the NFC North itself is going to be a pretty crazy division um, are you in the same record as me and do you think that you know what Ryan as well I think that injuries in week one two and three are going to dictate exactly how this roster looks and I don't know if it's ever happened in NFL history that a team has made it with the starting players um, all the way to the end of the season. It just doesn't happen. And if they did, they've likely yeah, been Super I would Bowl guess champs. Not in this day and age. Yeah. 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 I'd probably guess not in this day and age. Maybe in years gone by when squads were smaller and money wasn't there. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'd be an interesting fact to find out. Um, but I think that probably wraps it up, does it, for the for the for the the talk of the fifty three? Yeah. Maybe just a bit of housekeeping now. What do you think? Yeah. So I guess one of the biggest things we should talk about is the multiple meetups that are already planned in this year. Uh, we've got London week two. We have. So week two will be at the Hippodrome Casino, where I think we've now we've probably held meetups now for the last three to four years. Yeah. Um, so that one, essentially the deal is there is already uh, an NFL night going on at the Hippodrome Casino. And they show multiple games on the screen. Um, obviously, that game starts 6 o'clock against the Vikings. It is the re the revenge game. Um, it's free entry. Uh, there's you know nothing to us, nothing to the venue. It's just what it is. Uh, but they do all sorts of like beer offers on the night. They do all sorts of American football-type food. Um, there's an event on Facebook for it now set up. And the reason being for that, 
Um, basically, people asked us to set one up because people are trying to figure out who they're going to meet in the afternoon for a beer and watch Premier League football and all the other stuff going on. So get involved on there. Figure that one out. That's week two in London. Yep. Uh, and then week four, we're traveling up to Manchester, Steve. We are. Gridiron and Gravy and good people. Yep. Um, so Gridiron and Gravy, who we teamed up with last year, um, they don't just team up with us as well. They do their own events every week uh, during mm-hmm. the season, but they also team up with the Arrowheads abroad, uh, Denver Broncos, um, New York Giants. Uh, I don't know what their fan group's called. Apologies, but um, they've done they've done events. So they're doing this all the time. They're really good. And it is as quite, quite as it says on the tin, really. It's American football mixed in with good old beer in Manchester with a pie and mash uh, and plenty of gravy. And <laughs> I had the pie and mash last year, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think that one, there'll be a link on our site. So if you haven't been on our site, then why not? It's ukpackers.co.uk. And you'll find on there, uh, on the members tab, um, go down to 2018 meetups, and you'll find all the details on there. Now, the gridiron and gravy one does come with uh, a ticket that you have to purchase. And then in that ticket, I think you, I think if, if I remember, I can't remember if last year it was it was a beer you got or there was something else you got or whatever, yeah. but there is a ticket price on that one. Okay, it's mm. about five or six pounds, I think. Yeah, and you can avail of early bird pricing as well. And I believe it was a beer and a pie. Um, but yeah, I think we had 120 people or something at that last year. Didn't we? Yeah, that was, yeah, considering that was the first time I think we'd taken a meet outside of London. Mm. Was it when we did that Manchester one? I think um, so, yeah. yeah, we we had up to nearly 120 odd people. And I think it's probably the biggest meet they'd ever had. And uh, unfortunately, it was the night that Aaron Rodgers got injured. So uh, good times. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it goes better this year. Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, I think that we managed to get sorted today, Steve, uh, was anybody travelling to the Los Angeles game? Mm. Um, We've been trying to figure out with the SoCal Packer backers, who are obviously a massive Packers group over in Cali. Um, and those guys are organizing a big tailgate thing uh, or they're attending a big party, but they're all going together um, to, to the game. And they're right in by the stadium for a big sort of proper tailgate session with, with barbecue and beer and everything else. Mm. What we've done is we've put a link on there for SoCal um, Packer backers email. Mm. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but the link's on that page if you go to it. Um, basically, you email them um, and basically inquire about uh, a ticket for that and getting get your place in there and getting your details and everything else. And that's how they want us to do that is to just contact by email. Yeah. Okay, so you contact them direct and then you'll find lots of other Packers fans there and hopefully all the UK Packers fans going to Los Angeles can do that and get together. Yeah, a uh, fantastic group as well. Um, people will probably know uh, what what do they call her? The Packer Babe is that what she called herself? Um, uh, yeah, Packer Babe's part of that. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, so she's part of it. Uh, Drew as well. So the Drew Man Cave. Um, he's part of it. Um, great people, great That's fan unreal. group. Yeah, and they even had Devonte Adams. Uh, for instance, rock up to Drew's house, and they had kind of a private signing sesh. So the Los Angeles Packer backer guys are fantastic, and they're absolutely for real. Um, so yeah, just just click that link as Ryan says on the site and and give it a view. So Hippodrome, no ticket needed. Rock up, gridiron and gravy. You do need a ticket uh, for number and you know fire safety purposes, and um, because it went wild last year, and um, with numbers. Um, a Los Angeles game, as Ryan says, SoCal Packerbackers, New England. We're going to be looking into that as well, and we are currently. Um, for any tailgate opportunities and stuff that you can do in New England because we do have a trip with Touchdown Trips that's going out there. It's not the group trip, but it's one um, of three this year. Um, yeah. So the main one is the group trip in week 10. It's Green Bay uh, with Miami being the visiting team and we're all going over. So Ben was in contact from Touchdown Trips and he said that there is still space to book on that trip, albeit it's going to be pretty last minute um, and the payments are going to be going to be due for that. And also, Ryan, we have down there, uh, to be confirmed, a Dublin meetup. So we're kind of ruminating as to when to pick that Irish meetup. The big challenge really for us is we've so much um, front-loaded this season. Um, you know, week two, four, eight, nine, and ten is that when we're trying to look at a place for Dublin. I don't know if people would fancy coming over the end of November or the start of December. Um, but if there's anybody out there who's looking for a Dublin trip, do let us know. Yeah, certainly give some suggestions as well if you think there's a particular game. The other thing that makes it particularly difficult, obviously, that end of the year, depending on which teams are going to be making the playoffs and they're in the hunt and so on, they start moving TV times around. So it makes it quite hard organizing it uh, too early. You know, if we organise you guys a six o'clock start and then for some reason it's moved to 
a one thirty yeah. kickoff, then that particular venue may not open until one thirty. So there's lots of problems, uh, not problems, but let's say challenges to overcome. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing I guess to mention is uh, the Super Bowl meetup, um, as usual, um, is going to be going ahead, and we'll be likely bringing that back down to London again. Um, it was great moving it elsewhere, but um, you know, we receive feedback and we try garner feedback from people. And certainly London seems to be the most central um, place and we've had some of our best meetups there. Um, so the shop as well. So we have those uh, press box polos, press box polos um, that are out and they're a fantastic piece. As I said, they're my absolute favourite um, piece of attire even now. And I know I was kind of taking the piss a bit that I just didn't want to release them. But come on, let's face it, um, is that they're absolutely fantastic. Um, so you can grab your hands, uh, grab your hands, gra- grab one of those get your membership number put on them and you can get the baseball tees as well and of course the 1919 shop where you can buy all your signed merch Rhino I, I think that is that all the housekeeping or do you have anything else to say? No I think that's it Steve I think, I think we've uh, we've covered it well um, hopefully that was a decent podcast we didn't go off uh, too off tangent in the middle although it did break it up a little bit yeah you know we did you know we did and I might have just got about one book sale um, Grant so I guess the, the next thing to discuss really <laughs> will you thanks very much um, yeah, I'll buy one. I'll never read it. Cha-ching, that's a pound in the bank account. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll wrap her up. So from myself, at Steely the NFL on Twitter, from the group at UK Packers, make sure you follow us on Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, SoundCloud, um, and basically just get any social media and just bang UK Packers at the end, and that's probably us. Um, and from me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL, that's goodbye for now. Goodbye. Have a wonderful Tuesday.